Say this with me. The Lord is good, and his mercy endures forever. Say that again out loud together. The Lord is good, and his mercy endures forever. Let's do it in rhythm. Ready? The Lord is good, and his mercy endures forever. Isn't that great? He's faithful to a thousand generations. And my son-in-law, Steve, brought out an amazing scripture that I actually want to start with. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14. We're reading the New American Standard Bible, and it's not going to be of any real understanding contextually unless you realize that in Genesis chapter 3, when Adam and Eve failed and disobeyed the Lord, forfeited their prize, Satan usurped authority, the fall of man, they call it, uh, one of the things that was said was that the ground would be cursed and that you would toil with sweat and toil. Um, not, not, to, not to downplay the value of a good work ethic and the joy of working. Um, the, the, there's, a, there's a special type of value in labor. I thrive on fruitfulness and, and, and labor. I'm made to work. I love to work. Um, but, and there comes an hour when no man can work. But that was the toil, the burdensome uh, thing that came on humanity that made it so hard. That was part of the curse. But look what it says here in Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. Jesus comes on the scene to destroy the work of the evil one. He comes on the scene to be ultimately become a sin substitute for us so we would actually be able to be saved. He, he paid the death sentence penalty. The wages of sin is death. He who knew no sin was made to be sin on our behalf so that we actually could be made the righteousness of God in Christ and be made right with God and be cleansed to be forgiven and be accepted in the beloved, as, as my wife talked about earlier. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, look at this, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. And look at the result. In order that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles. Kingston just did a family tree thing. I'm a Gentile, um, you know, but yet because of Jesus, salvation came through the Jews according to John 4. My entire Bible is written by Jewish people. We have uh, so much to be thankful for of the covenant-keeping God toward Abraham and Moses and David and so forth, all the disciples, the early church, and that we have been grafted in uh, to the tree, and we, the branches, or the new, the new grafted-in branches, need to be cognizant of and thankful for the roots and, 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 our, and our origins and how faithful God is to a thousand generations, and he's also faithful to people groups, and he's a covenant-keeping God. And uh, so I'm excited about this, and I'm excited that Jesus, um, and this is we're coming into the Lenten season. We're going to do some fasting. We're going to come into uh, the Palm Sunday where he came in in his triumphal entry into Jerusalem on a service vehicle on a donkey. Then we're going to come into Good Friday where uh, it was good for us. It was suffering for Jesus. He became that substitute and died on the cross. And then we're going to celebrate Easter uh, where he is not here. He is risen. And uh, the resurrection power Hallelujah. And since that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us, he gives life to our mortal bodies. He gives discernment to our thinking. He gives wisdom to us when we lack it. He gives uh, power to the faint. To those who lack might, he increases power. They that wait upon the Lord will gain new strength. Come on. 
He inhabits the praises of his people. He's near the brokenhearted, and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. Don't make me come down there. I'm getting all excited already preaching. But I want to talk to you about his amazing tendencies toward uh, helping us to advance, to be fruitful, uh, to accomplish things, and to achieve. And um, I, I, I just I want to go right now immediately to Luke chapter 5, and I want to read from verse 1 to around 11. And this is not a parable. This is an actual story where Jesus is there in, in Galilee. He's, you know, that's just uh, east of Nazareth where he was raised. He was uh, under Joseph, uh, and he was in the carpenter shop, and now he's entered into his ministry. He was baptized in the Jordan, and now he's being led by the Holy Spirit, uh, and he's there ministering. And it happened that while the crowd was pressing around him and listening to the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats lying at the edge of the lake, but the fishermen had gotten out of them and were washing their nets. So there's kind of a all-night work, no results, washing their nets. That didn't mean they went to the laundromat and put them in the front loader and put some Tide in there. Um, it, it meant they were taking sticks out and they were tying up the knots that had gotten unraveled and, you know, uh, getting them all clean and to keep them from rotting and getting, you know, they really, they were, they were the, the tools of their trade, but they had toiled. In fact, it says here, they toiled all night. It says he got into the boat, which was Simon's, Peter, he, Jesus, after they were finished, he said, can I use your boat? And, and asked them to put him out a little way from the land because people would push him. And he sat down and began teaching the people from the boat. So imagine the scene. Here, here's the shoreline, and he borrows a boat from these dejected fishermen that had a rough day at work, and he's ministering the word of God. We really don't know what he's preaching. Um, and so we don't even know if he was illustrating a sermon at this point, because we don't know what he was saying at this point. But here's what he did next. After he had finished speaking, even though he's teaching the people, after he finished speaking, he said to Simon, quote, put into the, out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Put out into the deep water and let your, down your nets for a catch. And, uh, you know, in this case, it wasn't fishing. It was going to be catching. Uh, I, we had a vacation by the shoreline, and there was a dad and his young son sitting in lawn chairs with poles and, and their fishing poles in little, uh, you know, on these little stakes, and they had cast them out. And, uh, and I walked over and asked what you ask somebody that's fishing. Have you caught anything? He said, not for two days. And... Um, and he said, but we're having fun. And I said, I turned and I said, well, that's why they call it fishing and not catching. He went, yeah, you know, like it was original. He went, ha, ha, yeah. But anyway, like you just did. Like, ha, ha, yeah, Pastor Jeff, that's funny. But it wasn't funny for these guys because this meant hunger. This meant a dep deprivation of their livelihood. This meant that kind of thing where you're laboring and it's like not working. And um, it, it, this is, I want to bring this point because in the King James, it said, he said, Master, we worked hard all night. The King James said, toiled. Everybody say toil. Now, toil is this human effort. It's labor. And it's, it's, 
it's to be distinguished from just the, the, uh, the, 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 the labor that's not in vain activity that, that God helps us with that makes us fruitful. It, it, it's just sort of human effort bearing fewer results or, or no results. And in fact, I think about the testimony that my, my son-in-law shared and, and about the gentleman in, in the church whose name will be anonymous, but basically, you know, really bringing his efforts to, the, to, the, to his job, the culture of the kingdom to his job, and, you know, doing, doing his work heartily under the Lord. Uh, but even in the midst of that, uh, he experienced conflict. I mean, he was thriving, and then all of a sudden there's this, this corporate takeover, and then it makes people wonder who's going to keep their jobs and how is that going to all be. Uh, and so there's that nervousness, that anxiety maybe that comes from that, a kind of the uncertainty of it, the insecurity of it. Well, he, he weathered through that, and I thought it was fascinating that even by the way he shared the testimony, it was elegant and very respectful and loving. As he said, he had a conflict with a, a colleague. He, I noticed what he didn't say. He wasn't disparaging the person, wasn't belittling the person, wasn't uh, complaining about the person, just saying that there was like a, some type of clash. And in, a point that was made in his written testimony was he basically tried uh, decorum and, and, and graciousness and and, and everything he could in his own human power, it was like he was toiling all night with the net, and, and, he, and he didn't come up with anything, or at least he didn't think he had. Uh, so he, according to the testimony, put it in God's hands, you know, trusted the Lord, believed God for favor, um, prayed, you know, bless those who curse you. When a man's ways are pleasing to the Lord, the Bible says he'll make even your enemies to be at peace with you. So then, it, it, what a wonderful thing for him to be surprised that that was a person that nominated him for a certain prize uh, for distinction of his, of his work in the company. How about, how cool is that? That's favor. And that's, that's kind of like what He's saying here, he says, I know you worked all night. You didn't catch anything with your toil and your own hard work, human power. But let me tell you, when my supernatural power comes in on a situation, it can turn around your child rearing. It can turn around your job situation. It can turn around your finances. It can turn around your physical situation and bring you back into wholeness and health, right? And get you out of depression, get you out of anxiety, and uh, bring you back into abundance. And listen, to he, see, he became a curse for us in order that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles. And, and the blessing, see, Abraham is a father of faith to us all. And he, he's the father of many nations. I'm so grateful that God touched that guy's life and he and Sarah cooperated with God. Because even in Hebrews 11, 11, it says, Sarah, by faith, Sarah... Uh, received the ability to conceive even beyond the proper time of life. The devil, the accuser, is always telling you and me we're a day late and we're a dollar short. He specializes in regret and the, par the paralysis of analysis. He, he, he wants us to get stuck in a moment because he's stuck in a moment and his days are short and limited and he's under a curse with no hope of redemption. However, as my wife shared, we are, as human beings, biblically precious in the sight of God. He calls us the crown and glory of his creation. We, in fact, are made in his image, made for his purposes. He told Adam and Eve, before the fall and the splendor of Eden, be fruitful and multiply, subdue and replenish the earth. 
And uh, that, was, that wasn't with toil. That wasn't with the, the, the furrowed brow and, the, and the, the, the crunched over back and the fatigue. That was with joy. You could do your work with joy and do your work heartily. And in fact, in, in amazing scripture, Proverbs 10.22 in the New, the New International Version says this. It says, the blessing of the Lord brings wealth. Look at what it says in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22. The NIV says it interestingly. The blessing of the Lord brings wealth without painful toil for it. So the guy that wrote the testimony didn't realize it, but it played into the theme of this morning that he did what he could do, kind of like the fishermen in Luke chapter 5, kind of like you and me in the course of our lives. We do what we could do, but then we're cleaning our nets and frustrated that we didn't have the kind of desired outcome, but yet Jesus comes along. And the first thing he does is he teaches the crowds. And we don't know what he was teaching here, which kind of leaves it open-ended. It might be whatever subject you might need right now. But then he does, a, a, I think, an illustration maybe to what he said, I, that he says, now get out there and, 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 and put your nets out in the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. He's turning to him and he's saying, you've tried it in the natural. Now, how about inviting me, the supernatural, to come into your situation? He could come into our marriages that way. He could come into our careers that way. He came into that man's career in that situation. And he found favor with a person, bewildering. It's like, that's the person that nominated me? And, and, and it's just, how, how blessed, how wonderful is the possibility that with man things are impossible, but yet with God, come on. All things are possible, and all things are possible to him that believes. And that's why I think it's so imperative that we understand. Number one, the crowds were pressing into Jesus, listening to his word. And there's a, a value in hunger and thirst for righteousness. It says in, in Matthew 5 in the Beatitudes, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. In Matthew chapter 7, it says, if you ask, you shall receive. If you seek, you shall find. If you knock, the door will be opened. And that's what I think was so powerful about that man's testimony. It wasn't coming from, I tried a bunch of principles and they all worked and you can work the principles too. It was not cliche. It was coming out of a more authentic place. I, I, I'm, I'm doing what I can do. I'm finding some blessing and breakthrough. I've learned at church that the Lord is the master of breakthrough. It's one of the themes we've kept up on the wall now for a couple of years through COVID. We're believing God that in all these things, we are more than conquerors. We don't have a negative bias because we have a resurrected Savior. And since he died for our sins and he took a curse for us, it's like he sucked the toxicity out like the cowboy movie where somebody gets bit by a rattlesnake and the, somebody comes and pulls the venom out. I don't know how safe that is, but in the movies it's awesome to save the friend's life, you know. And, and I think Jesus did far more than that. He came and took something worse than snake venom. He came and took something worse than cancer. He took all of our sickness, but he also took our sin. And that, it, that so that we could be able to stand like pre-fall glory of Eden and experience restoration of the pre-fall glory. Uh, we talk a lot about the fall of man, and it doesn't take much to notice when we've got balloons shooting across taking pictures, and we've got people upset about every little cotton-picking, nitpicky thing in the, uh, uh, in the world. Uh, uh, and yet, then we come back into this place and we go, Lord, what should I do? 
and he says, do something peculiar and different from what you think. Take your nets back out that you just folded up. You got them all cleaned up. You got them all, free, all dried. You put, you put them in the box. Take them back out. Put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a draft. Now, I have been on the shoreline right near where this was said. And I had talked to people who are really in the know about um, the, the Sea of Galilee and, and uh, Gennesaret and uh, all these different places. And he said, um, the, the fishermen knew that the type of fish, the species of fish Peter would be trying to catch, they school and that they go into the shallows, and that's where they were fishing and couldn't catch them. But then he says, now you go out in the deep, and they're thinking, this is a carpenter from Nazareth telling us. But then, he, actually, I don't think Simon went there, because I think Simon, in this case, was very respectful. And he said, uh, he said after he said that, uh, Simon answered him in verse 5 and said, Master, we worked hard all night. We toiled all night. And caught nothing. See, that could be despondency right there. He could have stopped there. But he said, but, however, because of who you are, master, I will do as you say and let down the nets. Boy, that is an attitude that precedes breakthrough. That's the attitude Mother Mary had as a little Jewish peasant girl being visited upon by an angel saying the Lord wants to uh, overshadow you and bring you a unique situation to, so you bring forth the only begotten Son of God. And what did she say? She said, be it unto me according to your word. That's why I believe that's one of the main reasons Mary is blessed among women. And that's how you and I and we can be blessed among people. When we have this response like Simon had, uh, we've done all this, but yet, God, Master, uh, I will do as you say, and I'll, I'll, I'll follow through on it with action. Right? Faith without works is dead. So he said, I'm going to do as you say. And then he didn't go and close the book and walk away. He got the nets out, went in the boat, and uh, put out the nets. When they had done this, they enclosed a great quantity of fish, and their nets began to break. That's a high-class problem right there. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat for them to come and help them, and they came and filled both of the boats, so they began to sink. Again, another high-class problem. Imagine a paddle into the shoreline. Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. And they got to the boat, and he's right, I'm right here. Just keep paddling. But when Simon Peter saw this, then immediately, instead of Peter going, I learned a success principle. I'm, a, I, I'm one of Jesus' uh, big guys. I'm a big shot. I know what's up. I, see how I developed how I, my skills here? He goes, he falls down at Jesus' feet saying, go away from me, Lord, for I'm a sinful man. Oh, Lord. That's part of revival right there. It's not, it doesn't elevate our flesh and ego. It, we end up being, oh, Lord, I'm nothing without you, but I can do all things through you, right? And he says, for amazement had seized him and all his companions because of the catch of fish which they had taken. And in our own context, out of our own ranks, the, the gentleman that shared the testimony, I felt like he had amazement. I felt like he put out, God, I've done all this with this person, this colleague, and it didn't work, so I'm going to fold up and clean my nets. And then yet Jesus comes in and says, man, just stay in, stay in confidence. Stay in, that, stay in with me. Go out and put, put your, just put your net out in the deep. And, and 
And I think about it, the fishermen would go, this is counterintuitive. I mean, th- this is the time of the day. We, fishing was supposed to be really good at night. But, and, you know, I'll throw my net. Everybody knows you, there's a certain window where there's the best fishing. And, and yet Jesus, he arranged for something divine to happen. Underneath the surface of that water, these fish were all going, we got to go over here, you guys. And they, they're, they're, we've got a destiny. And they went right out there, and then whoosh, and they almost sank the boat. And that's what I feel like God is saying to us today is that Proverbs 10.22, the blessing of the Lord brings wealth without painful toil for it. And this, this conveys our human frailty, uh, challenging circumstances, sometimes the results we don't get from our human efforts, but yet, but yet, God's supernatural help available to us all. God's super, I'm a product of God's supernatural help, not by works, not, not by deeds I've done in righteousness, but by the power of the gospel. He, no, no one comes to him unless he draws him. And by his grace, he sent competent people to communicate the message of Jesus with me. It's some, it seemed feeble, uh, and yet the gospel's the power of God to salvation. And here I am, rescued from the pit, and here I am, excited about what Jesus is doing. Here I am, uh, 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 saved by grace through faith. Here you are. How many of you surrendered your life to Jesus and it means something to you? Man, wherever you're at in your journey, you guys watching, it's no coincidence you've come on here. It's no coincidence you're here today. You might be like I was 50 years ago, invited by somebody, and you find you never darken the doors of church. I didn't understand Christianity at all. I didn't understand the, the why humanity seems so skewed, but it is. I, I didn't understand why but the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. makes perfect sense to me that there would be all this hostility Wars and rumors of wars. And because I believe and I buy into Genesis chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3. God created beautiful creation, gave Adam and Eve free moral agency, gave them a, made them in his image. And uh, God loved us so much he gave us choice. And sadly, it didn't take long. The first prototype couple fell. And, uh, but yet, God promised in the garden that there was going to be the seed of a woman that was going to crush the head of the serpent. And that would be Jesus, who came in the fullness of the times. And here he came to save and to heal and to deliver and to, in this case, illustrate it by saying, I know your efforts didn't work, but go try this. And I feel like if we'll listen to the Holy Spirit going through this, this early part of this year, he'll give us wisdom. Uh, wisdom. I'm, we're having to rebuild our children's ministry. We're not able to do the jump camp like we, we, we could before. We're going to have to just re, reinvent and figure out, but we're looking to the Lord who has a plan. And I'm, I'm not dejected, nor am I uh, 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 daunted. I'm trusting. I'm trusting instead. And I'm looking to the God who raised Jesus from the dead. And since that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us, He gives life to our mortal bodies. He'll breathe refreshing into your marriage. He'll stabilize your finances when all hell's breaking loose in the economy. He'll fortify you and give you wisdom when you don't know what to do. 
The beauty of the testimony of the gentleman was he tried to be gracious and to be conciliatory and do what he could do, but then he, he realized, you know, I'm just going to have to trust God on this. Everybody say, I'm just going to have to trust God on this. And he is trustworthy, right? And just this example in, in Luke chapter 5, where they had fished all night and they had caught nothing. Uh, boy, don't we feel that. Sometimes our, our efforts, it's like the futility. And if we're not careful, the, the, the devil can augment that and jump on our heads and get us to get in the drudgery and the droning of that and get in a loop. Uh, that's why we should get in the word day and night and get in a loop of meditating on his promises day and night. Not, not where we're denying that the, we're in a fallen, problematic world. That's the testimony of the man. It's like it's a fallen world. Not, you can't make everybody happy. You do the best you can. You trust God. You throw your nets out, but then you start cleaning up your nets, and God may have some other plan. I said God may have some other plan. And he has supernatural. And he has supernatural favor. But there are blessing blockers. Peter had one. It was low self-esteem. Depart from me, I'm a sinful man. Well, he was sinful. Uh, but the devil will try to use that in the life of a believer, make us either egoist or make us uh, 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 constantly down on ourselves. Uh, Gideon had that. I'm the least in my father's house, and uh, we're from the wrong side of the tracks. And, and, and basically, the, the Lord kept calling him a valiant warrior. We, we may feel like, oh, I just, uh, God, I'm just a worm of the dust. And he may say, no, you're the righteousness of God in Christ. You're a new creation. And I've given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And, and no, you don't have a righteousness of your own. And no, it's not performance-based. And yes, sin is, everybody's sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But yet, Jesus makes us a brand new creation. And you understand that and you come into it and you can offset that blessing blocker. Unforgiveness and bitterness will come in and try to cripple us. The blessing... Uh, is, it makes rich, and it adds no sorrow with it. It's just pouring down. It's pouring down. But the devil will try to get us snared into blockages like unbelief, unforgiveness, strife, low self-esteem, uh, fear, a spirit of fear, those types of things. Or just this, I just, uh, a temptation to want to quit. But Paul said, I, not that I have obtained it or have already been made perfect, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which lie behind, Reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews said, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. He said, look at all the people, Sarah who received the ability to conceive after menopause, Abraham who became a father of many nations after long delays and patience was so uh, much a necessity for his journey. Uh, uh, Noah, who was told to build an ark, and he goes, yes, sir, and he doesn't even, he Googles it, and there's no thing coming up for ark. There's never been an ark. He yahooed it. He, 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 he binged it. He, it didn't come up on any search engine. He, but he searched what God, God, you know, he, he, said, he, he warned him, and, and so for the salvation of he and his family, he did something that was without precedence. That's occasionally God will call each and every one of us. Every one of you, every one of us, me, all of us. It's a life, it's called the life of faith. It's like, God, uh, you're, a, you're, you're able to do exceeding abundantly beyond all we could ask or think. Ephesians 2.20. According to the power that works in us, 
By the way, that's that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. It's not self-actualization hype. It's not our human power, because in the human power, Simon, the great fisherman of a long line of fisher family, fishermen, he, he said, we did everything we knew to do. You know, we went on ESPN. We, we looked at the Farmer's Almanac. We, we went to Bass Pro Shop and got all the right lures. The right, we went to the right net shop and got the right braiding and the right knots. We changed out all of our different nets. We tried every kind of net, gill nets and, you know, line fishing and everything. And nothing, we, didn't, we, we didn't catch anything. He goes, go back out, cast out your nets into the deep for a great catch. Is it okay that we, instead of managing our expectations, ratchet up our confidence in God? That if he could cause Sarah to have a baby past the ability to conceive, he can, and he could help that gentleman in his job to keep his job in the uh, takeover, you know, in the absorption from another company, that's like, that's haunting for people. And that happens. And through this whole season we've been in, there's just a lot of that. Um, you know, during, during all these seasons, we can trust that what the enemy means for harm, God can and will and does turn things around for good. And yeah, I, I'm not a fatalist. I'm a faithalist. I have faith. Romans chapter 8, verse 28 says, And we know that God causes all things to work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. You know, in his sovereignty, he has created and instituted free will and has given the availability of his promises and his authority to us. So Peter could have said, I'm not going to go out there. I'm not going to do it. Uh, it you're God, you're Jesus, you just supernaturally have the fish uh, just come up, swim up to shore and, 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 uh, and then clean themselves and then can themselves and, and pickle themselves. No, he says, okay, there, there's, there's human involvement involved. I got saved through human involvement, through the foolishness of preaching. God uses human agency. Even extreme uh, sovereignty-oriented voices in the church acknowledge the value and the imperative of human agency. So uh, in our movement, we have to be careful that we don't try to take too much into our hands, and such is the case, like a, a, a Proverbs 10.22. The Lord makes rich. And it's not by means of our labor and human toil that came from the fall, right? There, there, there's a satisfying work. Our labor, Paul said, our labor is not in vain in the Lord. Uh, even the guy in his job uh, in science uh, or another in, in medicine or, you know, a teacher in school, uh, you invite the culture of the kingdom in wherever you serve and work, and it, directly or indirectly, you're a living testimony of Jesus with the expectation that he that became a curse for us is pouring out blessing and lavishing blessing on you. And as we get rid of all the blessing blockers, right? Low self-esteem, unforgiveness, bitterness, wrath, uh, uh, unbelief, apathy. And we just say, God, as for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. I will not be denied. I am trusting God. 
Today you can say, man, my nets have been empty, but man, I believe in God for a divine supernatural strategy, and I am grateful for his supernatural help. He'll take me in my human frailty with all my challenging circumstances, and yet because God is supernatural, he that has begun a good work in me will perform it until the day of Christ. And said, for with amazement they had seized Simon and all the companions because of the catch of fish which they had taken. Verse 9, chapter 5, amazement, amazement had seized them. In Acts chapter 2, it said all people had a sense of awe as the Lord was moving in the early church. I believe one of the indicators of these, this, this current upcoming and current revival we're in, God is visiting us through a global pandemic with his grace and provision. We're still here. The grace of God is on us. We're more than conquerors. The, the gates of hell can't prevail against the church. Uh, in all these things, man, we've got the victory uh, I'm not, I don't have a victim mentality. I have a victory mentality. I see, but I'm not in denial about the hardships. I'm not in denial about the difficulties. They're present. They loom. And, and a fisherman not catching fish, I mean, that's intense. And yet, Jesus has a plan. Jesus had a plan for Jehoshaphat. We don't have time to go to 2 Chronicles 20 because I'm already over by three minutes. But you should read that chapter where a three- a three-front army converged on Jehoshaphat, and he did not know what to do. The Bible says this great man of valor was frightened, but he prayed to his God. And he even said, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are fixed on you. And the Lord said to you, look, man, station yourself and see that the battle is the Lord's. And he stationed himself by laying on the ground and putting his face on the ground, which is not a military strategy. You got to keep your head up in a military strategy. And then nor is it a military strategy that he got those who sang praises to God to go out in front and lead the army. So as they went out with the odds being so in natural terms stacked against them, and yet as they lifted their worship and they lifted their eyes, the mentality of the people went from the victimization and the that the craziness of the circumstance to the, the victory and the massive supernatural greatness of our God, right? And that's what we're doing today in church. That's why we bothered to come today because we've come to affirm who he is. We've come to enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Come to enter in and say, Jesus, I acknowledge who you are. Even Simon said, Master, uh, we've done all this. And it's not like... Uh, talk to the hand, you're a carpenter, we're fishermen. He didn't do that. He was respectful. And that atmosphere of pre-revival, there has to be honor, honor to the Lord, respect for him. Even Simon said, master, we worked all night, caught nothing, but he didn't go, I'm just miserable. My life is miserable. I'm unhappy. Uh, I, I don't even know if I want to keep going on. He didn't do that. He says, but I will do as you say and let down the nets. And that's what I hear said today in the church. We've already gone through January, so all our New Year's resolutions have come and gone. So now we're in the real deal. Now we're just going where our resolve is to love the Lord with all our heart, develop a deep affinity for Him, be personal with Jesus every day, trust Him with all, and, and be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, be quick to repent, quick to ask forgiveness, quick to forgive. And that's what I liked about the tone of the man's testimony with the conflict with the other person. It was like, 
just, he pursued peace with all men. He was, as much as it depended on him, he was being at peace. He was bewildering. Why, what, what, I don't know what the deal is, but all the while, God's working on that person and that person nominates him for an award in the company and he's like, what? And it's like, these guys put the nets out and it's like, this, in natural terms, this isn't where the school of fish are, Jesus. But at your word, what? And that's what's going to come in this upcoming, these upcoming days for our local church and for this outreach and for the nations we're called to reach. The Lord has a plan in your situation, in your household. Fear not. The Lord your God is with you. Cast your cares on him because he cares for you. Shift from negativity and pessimism to Bible faith. Stand on his promises. Take hold of his word. Cooperate with it. I'll do what you said. And then they put the nets out. They went in the boat. They went out, and it must have been kind of an embarrassment of faith. It's like, you know, Jesus, uh, but because you said to do it, we'll do it. And I mean, it didn't take long. And it was, you know, the teeming with fish that where it was bulging up off the top and breaking the net. Wait, the nets are breaking, the nets are breaking. And then bring those other guys over. And they filled up both boats and they started sinking, coming back. Oh, that's a high, isn't that a, wouldn't that be a fun testimony? I almost sank on the way to church in the parking lot, overloaded with blessing. The Bible says these blessings will come upon you and overtake you. Do I believe that? 100%. Let's all stand up on our feet. Come on, hallelujah. You say, Pastor Jeff, so what do I do? What is it that, what net does he want you to put in what spot? What area of faith does he want you to dust off your faith and say, God, I believe in God. My grown child, uh, is out there and I pray you send laborers to cross their path. Great is the peace of my children for they're taught of the Lord and the welfare of my sons shall be great. What disease is trying to plague you? Jesus, you bore my sicknesses and you carried my diseases and I'm standing on your promises. You heal the sick in the, in the New Testament. You heal the sick in the Old Testament. You're the Lord that heals us. Anoint the surgeon's hands, anoint the nutrients or the medications, but God, I am looking to you as my healer. Jesus is my healer, and I'm going to live out my days. Say this with me. With long life, he satisfies me and shows me his salvation. So let his supernatural come on your nets, your relationships. We've had, God's done that in our marriage when we had struggles. God's done that on the pockets of times in pastoring where you didn't know what to do next. God's done that in this man's job. God does that in people's cases. He, and he, and he's, he's no respecter of persons. These laws work for all of us. And we just got to get the blessing blockers out of the way. He's, he's blessed. It, it rains on the just and the unjust alike. He's, he, he gives life and breath to all. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Let's finish with this. Say this. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. And his grace is sufficient. He orders my steps. He delights in my way. He has the numbers of hairs on my head numbered. And my God shall supply all of my needs, all of your needs, point to somebody, all of our needs. If you need Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, receive him right now and say, Jesus, come into my heart. Jesus, come into my life. If you've been barraged by depression or anxiety, ask him to invade and infiltrate your thinking processes. Third John 2, I pray you prosper and you're in health 
to the degree that your souls prosper. I pray you get in good doctrine, sound theology, Bible faith, the strong study of the scriptures, and that this is the most fruitful, achieving, accomplishing period you've had maybe ever in your entire life. And everybody said, amen. God bless you guys. Go out with joy. Have a great day.